Hello and welcome to PostgreSQL, a weekly show about all things PostgreSQL. I am Michael, founder of PG Mustard, and this is my co-host Nikolai, founder of Postgres AI. Hey Nikolai, what are we talking about today? Hi Michael, uh, why Postgres? And why Postgres in the past? Why Postgres had success, still is having success, obviously. Let's also a little bit uh, talk about what we should expect in the future in terms of Postgres popularity, usage and so on. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. We have a couple of inspirations. I wanted to give a shout out to Ryan Booz, who is starting a community blogging event. And this Why Postgres is going to be, I think, the first topic there. So maybe we can consider this our entry, our audio entry to that event. And also I saw a tweet not long ago, somebody asking who or what made Postgres cool, which had a lot of interesting answers. And I think it'd be, I'm looking forward to hearing your takes on this as well. But first, actually quickly, I did want to apologize because last week I said that Amcheck doesn't guarantee no false negatives. And I was completely the wrong way around. It's no false positives. Mistake. Very huge. Yeah. Well, Well, don't trust me. I'm joking. I'm joking. I also, I also need to confess. I also made mistake and I actually made it in reality. I only recently understood some case when like I'm check, when we check a lot of indexes, we usually do it in one single thread. And if it's uh, some temporary server, not production, it, of course, it does make sense to parallelize it. And uh, only in Postgres 14, it was actually implemented in, in CLI tool PG underscore I'm check. So dash J appeared. So worth checking and try to use it even for older Postgres version. I personally never tried, but I suspect it should work as well for for old versions of Amcheck and Postgres. You can use all a newer client, right? Okay, enough confession. I also want to thank you uh, everyone again for feedback. This is super important, and I also want to send everyone uh, like some words of support so in hard times. I hope work distracts from bad news and so on. And I hope Postgres is in well, in well condition everywhere, well maintained and so on. Absolutely. Well, so why Postgres? Should we start with a little bit of history? Maybe we could do a quick summary. Or do you want to start with where things started to change or where would you like to start with this? Well, being a human, I always have some history, right? When uh, I uh, stopped and I needed to choose some uh, free database system. I moved for away from Oracle and SQL Server. Um, my SQL was considered bad very quickly in my mind. And I chose Postgres because it, it behaved much better and closer to what I learned at university. So yes. un, un, unlike my SQL, this is, was my reason why Postgres. But it was very long ago, almost 20 years, actually. So are we talking SQL standard compliance or are we talking around ACID compliance? Or how would you summarize that? A SQL uh, standard compliance is one thing, and yes, indeed, a uh, very good reason, and it was so, but also like logical, predictable behavior. You expect something, but with MySQL, for example, this terrible thing we had with MySQL that time, if you have February 28th and add one day, you end up having March 3 or something like this, or date 000, uh, behavior of nulls, although, although Postgres behavior of nulls also interesting. So in MySQL, I started to encounter too many things. And it's not, not only a SQL standard, but for example, uh, principles, uh, ACID principles. In MySQL, if you need a full text search, you needed to use MySum. So MySum required repair table all the time because it was not, didn't follow ACID principles. 
in terms of wall records and so on. So Postgres behaved much better, but it had limitations and lack of some functionality, of course, like replication at that time and so on. So we needed to deal with Sloney, then Londest. It was not fun, but still, this, this is my path. But at that time, I felt clearly that Postgres is considered as not number one choice for most people. And I felt it clearly, like it, until like 2014, I was thinking like Postgres is for it's like FreeBSD, you know, most people choose Linux, but you choose FreeBSD. Or even, even no, maybe it's not good comparison. It's like Linux compared to Windows for personal computers. You choose it, you know why, but most people still prefer Windows, right? This is, this was my feeling at that time. But of course, uh, I thought it's okay. Like we have strong reasons. We won't switch to MySQL <laughs> never. We know why, but it's okay that most people around are preferring different database system. Well, poor those people, right? This was our uh, way of thinking. I mean, our, in terms of like community, I remember this. And uh, sometimes of course, uh, we were even blamed that we advertise Postgres too much. It's like a sect, almost sect, you know? And it was until 2013, 14, 15, when suddenly things changed. They changed earlier, I think, but around 2013, maybe 12, we had some point when Postgres suddenly became a winner compared to yeah. MySQL, but why, right? Yeah, I want to go back quite far to introduce when some things happened. I think we would want to talk about in a moment, but for people that don't know, I think some dates will be quite useful. I've done some research and just going right back, uh, if we go back to when a lot of this all started, there were a lot of research projects in the, in the seventies and eighties that a lot of these projects came out of universities. Ingress and Oracle came out in the seventies. Those actually have similar roots in the eighties. Postgres started as a post Ingress project. And even from the very beginning, it had a lot of the foundations I think have proved very important today. So things like its extensibility and MVCC. Then we've got a few other important dates here that I think we might come back to. We've got Microsoft SQL Server's first version in 89. Then we've got Postgres being released under an MIT style license, which I believe is the Postgres license in 94. I think that's been really important. Then Postgres 95 added SQL support or SQL uh, support feels like a really important date. And then I've got a bit of a gap. In fact, actually another important thing in 95 was MySQL version one came out. So I think that lays a lot. 95 was absolutely amazing year. Actually, internet started to work actually that year, I think. And not only you mentioned Postgres and MySQL, but if we look at languages, Java, JavaScript, PHP and Ruby all were born in 95. Can you imagine? Wow. Yeah. And Windows 95 was a massive release yeah. as well, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, so it was like, I think 95 and maybe 2014, some changing years, like in many areas. Yeah. So I was going to say that it's probably massively overgeneralizing. And I think your FreeBSD example is great because it, for any small system, there were always going to be some really passionate people that and there, there have been people that have been using Postgres. Oh, oh, I, I want to give, whole time. I want to take my words back, not FreeBSD, but Linux versus Windows. This is a better feeling yeah. actually. Okay. Yes. I guess the thing here though, is we've got with Postgres, we've got a, a changing of the guard. I feel a little bit, whereas I don't think that's happened with Linux and Windows for personal computers yet. Maybe. Okay. Slowly this technology 
is winning more and more hearts because it's just better, because it follows better principles. For example, very strong CLI everywhere. Postgres has excellent CLI and Linux has excellent CLI and principles like don't write too much if everything is fine, better keep silence, right? Like if success just keep silence, exit code, like return code, and that's it. While other uh, tools can be very chatty, right? This is small things. And these principles, uh, very st- like Linux is, is all about a lot of CLI tools, so many tools. And Postgres has very strong PSQL and a lot of things around it. There are many common things here. So FreeBSD, maybe it's too different compared to Linux. Yeah, fair enough. So my understanding is that for a lot of these early years, if you had a serious workload, chances are you're going to be running on a paid for product, probably something like either Oracle, maybe even IBM. But then as time went on, SQL Server or Microsoft SQL Server became the main competitor to Oracle for these big serious workloads. And then for smaller workloads, or for hobby projects, LAMP stack became popular with MySQL as the database. Uh, I think things like WordPress picking MySQL as its backend seemed really important for its adoption. So I think we had like a, a phase where if you had money and you were a serious company, you'd go for one of these paid for proprietary systems. And if you didn't, or, or you're a startup, maybe if you, if you wanted a, a SQL database, you'd go with MySQL. Is that roughly your understanding, like how you saw it as well? Yeah. And also important availability and for, for those who don't want to pay uh, some websites and like apps and so on, uh, startups, for them, it's important availability and how easy, uh, like the cost of maintenance uh, when you start, like how easy to start and so on. And Postgres, I remember very well, it was for a long time, it was blamed for high barrier of entry. It's very difficult for new users to start with it. For example, I installed it and I cannot connect to it. This was quite long problem for Postgres. Something for maybe, maybe smart people, but barrier so high, why should we spend time for it? MySQL, is, it's easy to start and easy to maintain in the beginning. But I remember actually think- in 2009 or 10, I attended MySQL user group in Moscow, Russia. And I remember that it was about performance and they, at the time already, they compared themselves with Postgres and they admitted that Postgres is winning in performance for one node at that time very well. Like they said, you know, Postgres is better here, 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 because at that group, MySQL developers were, I mean, hackers, they also were there and they were discussing, like, we compare MySQL with Postgres and we are losing what to do about it. And it was interesting because also Postgres had the image that uh, it's also slower than MySQL. It still has in many minds, actually, but it's not so. And it, it's interesting. I realized that Postgres is good even among uh, uh, MySQL users and fans. So it's controversial, but I think for popularity, it's super important how accessible it is. For example, does your operational system already have it installed or it can be installed in one line? And uh, also providers, if you create some website, uh, you have some hosting, uh, is uh, MySQL available there or Postgres available there? If only MySQL, and it was so in many cases, you will prefer MySQL because it's available. You don't need to install it and provider gives it to you very quickly. It's important, right? For small, small projects. Yeah, I think so. I think developer experience is important, but 
But I also might argue that Postgres hasn't changed that much from a database point of view, but I think a lot of frameworks and cloud providers and things have really helped there in terms of making it easier to spin up or to connect to. So I, I'm, yeah, I don't know. Have you, did, have you noticed a change in the tooling, for example, like some of the issues you mentioned, like being able to connect to it becoming more easy? Well, I don't know. Like it's hard to me to, but like I, I understand like, like availability is super important, but I remember when I started Postgres, of course I compiled from source. I could not install yeah. it from packages. Maybe packages were not available, but uh, over time it became much more available. Like uh, all uh, Linux distributions started to have packaging, up-to-date packaging with all contrib modules, all popular contrib modules, of course, and so on. Of course, uh, YAM and apt uh, systems are most important here, and they both have Postgres is available there, but you don't need to compile it. And this means that most admins on uh, hosting they start to just edit because why not? It's, it's there, right? So somehow it was, it, I think it was slow revolution. And how to connect? We have some small documentation. For example, I remember I always end up when explaining people how to install and connect Postgres on Linux, on Ubuntu, on CentOS, I, I always found the DigitalOcean documentation. Like already, like maybe up to 10 years ago, they had excellent up to date documentation, how to upgrade to a new version. And, uh, so this how to documentation, actually Postgres documentation, official documentation is still lacking these how to types of documents de describing for particular Linux distribution, how to do particular tasks. But others like digital ocean, they fill this gap. And this is important, I think. And, uh, it, it well, was a slow process. I think this takes us really nicely onto some reasons why Postgres did then succeed in spite of those things and why it has become and is becoming more and more popular each year. I wanted to take, take us back time-wise to a few other important dates. Um, I looked at the, I think PostGIS has been really important for Postgres. I think a lot of people describe it as, even compared to the different commercial offerings out there, the most advanced GIS, uh, GIS system out there. And that's a Postgres extension. And I think if it wasn't for Postgres's extensibility at a deep level, that wouldn't be possible. So I think that's been huge. And it came out in 2005, which I couldn't believe. And I, I don't know when it became or when it started to become competitive with the commercial offerings, but that feels really important to me. And then the, the other dates that I thought were super interesting were, couldn't believe it was as early as 2007 that Heroku chose Postgres as its default or the database that they offered in 2007, could you believe? But yeah. I would then point back at why could they do that? Probably because of its MIT style license. It, could, it was extremely permissive and they could do that without having to consult with anybody. They could choose it because of those decisions that Postgres made early on. It was reliable and very usable and all those things. And they could take away some of those developer experience problems of getting started with it because they could implement them, make them easy for their, the people on, on Heroku. Right. And uh, this uh, influenced uh, a lot of Ruby develop Ruby engineers, right? Ruby support was excellent with Heroku. And it, it's so natural for you to choose Postgres if you, uh, if you cho already chose Ruby and chose Heroku. It was number one choice, yeah. of course. Uh, so this like providers influence is very important. I, I agree with you with PostJS and extensibility and features so like all these parts, uh, but it only parts of like only small parts of whole puzzle, right? But what happened with MySQL, I think also important because MySQL 
couldn't consider anymore as free software at some point, right? As to- well, total free. I think this might be this might be my if it's not the biggest, I think this might be the biggest bit of luck that Postgres got in the whole you know, I think everything else it's from deliberate choices and are being very, very good. But this I think was quite lucky that of all the companies that could have bought uh well so Oracle acquired Sun, didn't they? Which included MySQL. And that could have gone a few different ways, but people had a distrust of Oracle already, I think. And crucially, one of the creators of MySQL, the main person, I believe, behind it, split off to create my uh, MariaDB. And my understanding is he couldn't choose as permissive a license as MySQL or didn't want to, to avoid MySQL taking all of the changes from his fork onto onto theirs. So that split in the community, in the development and in the trust of the community, I think really opened an opportunity for Postgres like to become the the default choice. If you if you were a startup and you needed a free database or you wanted you maybe you couldn't afford SQL Server and Oracle or maybe you, you really valued open source. I th- think suddenly people were questioning, should we go with that? And then when people were looking for options, Postgres was a really good alternative. So we had a little internet outage, but we're back. Where we left off was let's the... we, we haven't we considered like growing popularity as some well known fact, but let's discuss why we think uh, it's obvious that Postgres is winning. I have two sources. One is dbengines.com, and their methodology is quite complex, maybe not, not clear to me. But still, this is people consider this as a reliable source of truth, and obviously Postgres is growing, growing popularity is growing, good. But there is another source of information which uh, is very simple, and uh, methodology is quite straightforward. It's uh, Hacker News job postings. They have every month, they have who is hiring. And usually it's more than 1,000 replies, and it includes everything, but mostly from startups. Sometimes it's grown startups, sometimes it's like new startup. Yeah. But uh, there is a HN Trends, HackerNewsTrends.com. Uh, we will provide link. And they, from time to time, they analyze all those texts. It's just text, right? And extract uh, technologies, everything, like from React to remote world how many postings have remote. So can you imagine Postgres has 15% in all job postings, including marketing people, support people, non-technical people at all. And this is 15, it's very, very high. I think it's top 10. And it, like, it's on par with, World Remote probably is the number one still after COVID. But React is React also quite a word, right? GitHub Stars is also some reliable source of truth and Superbase, uh, which I consider are the champion in, in terms of uh, productizing Postgres itself and many extensions of it. And products like Postgres, they productize it very well. And they have a lot of GitHub Stars. I think it's so how many dozens of thousands? And the yeah, growth exactly. is better than React growth. Yeah. Right. These all these numbers are quite reliable. I mean, these uh, job postings and GitHub stars. Yeah, I think it's very hard to refute that, and I think there's also a growing feeling on places like Hacker News. But I, I know it's a very biased source, but the sentiment around Postgres feels like it really changed in that time frame as well. It wasn't just that these numbers went up; it also felt like there was almost a 
not quite a backlash against the no SQL movement, but I think people realized there was like a phase that people went through where they where the words big data got thrown around a lot and NoSQL gained a lot of uh, momentum. Mongo NoSQL is interesting. Mongo is interesting. Uh, some people think that JSON is the main reason why Postgres is winning hearts of developers. And I think it's a very important contributor, but uh, maybe not the main one. We chatted a little bit before we, before we started this episode, and uh, it looks like if if you check json appeared in 9.2 json b appeared in 9.4 but if you check when the spike of popularity happened according to dbengines.com data it happened when rds released postgres version right yes now i i think this is a really interesting chicken and egg problem now did rds have to add postgres because it was gaining popularity did Postgres popularity spike because they, Amazon they chose it, it themselves? They chose they it did. themselves for their like as a, they chose Postgres and and actually Aurora version of it, which is quite different. But they chose Postgres, not uh, not Aurora MySQL. They chose Aurora Postgres as the database for themselves instead of Oracle, right? Well, I think this is a, yeah, this is a critical point, and yeah, you brought up Apple in our previous chat as well. So big, huge companies choosing yeah. to migrate to Postgres around that time definitely had a big effect. JSON B, I agree. I think the biggest impact JSON B had was it gave people an answer. They didn't have to if they needed a document store. They didn't have to have MongoDB in addition to Postgres. They could. They had a really good answer for the team that wanted to do some document storage. They could say, "Well, you can put it in Postgres, and we have, you know, indexing support for it." And there's, it became an easy answer to anybody on that front. But yeah, I agree with you. It's been important, but not the primary factor. Postgres is good in reacting to challenges. You mentioned uh, 1995 when SQL support was added. Uh, without SQL, it wouldn't survive, I guess, in terms of very popular uh, system. Then there was some hype, like object databases, object relational databases. Postgres also adopted some things, and it's still considered as object, object relational databases and has some features and behavior of object relational system. But then semi-structured hype started, and it started with XML, actually. And uh, some Russian developers, Regbertunov and uh, Tedor Sigaev, they added support of HStore in 2004, can you imagine? Very long ago. I personally participated in uh, bringing XML support to Postgres, but both HStore and XML right now may be not that relevant because JSON is here already, and it's standard de facto for unstructured or semi-structured data. So Postgres is good in, in reacting. Postgres is doing I, hard work in reacting to challenges. I completely agree. And I think that leads me to my, I've got two more things that I wanted to make sure we covered. One is that I think a lot of things we've discussed so far explain how Postgres was taking over from MySQL for the projects that were considering a free open source database, but it doesn't yet explain how uh, larger companies are choosing it instead yeah. of Oracle, instead of SQL Server. And that, I would say, it is another also example of it reacting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's... It, it's a larger companies don't care about wide popularity, right? They need... They, they care in terms of how many engineers they could hire. Yeah. But also, sometimes I will see some companies prefer languages like Erlang, for example, WhatsApp, Erlang, and they still they still keep or Scala. Some big companies use Scala or Erlang, not very popular, but they choose it and they bring expertise inside. 
So they care less about hype, right? Yes, but things that did matter to them, I think Postgres started to ship around that same time. So 2016, 9.6 parallel queries came in. 2017, we had partitioning, logical replication. But by 2016, 17, uh, the game already was done. So the game versus MySQL... The game was done in 2014 when RDS... Uh, versus MySQL, yes, but I think versus Oracle and SQL Server, no. I think actually these I larger have different opinions. Okay, interesting. I, I observed in Russia, Yandex, when I, I, I returned to Russia for like 10 months or so because of visa issues and economy issues after Crimea invasion, I returned to Russia and I was bored and decided to relaunch uh, Russian user group. And I asked uh, which big company can host us. And Mail, Lotario and Yandex both said yes. And why I chose Yandex. And but Yandex said, can we also squeeze a couple of like 10 minutes of small lightning talk? I, I said, of course. What, what, what's the topic? And they said, how we migrated uh, Yandex Mail from Oracle to Postgres. And then on the very first event, they gave this talk. It was amazing. And I remember in the first row also, uh, a guy from Avito was, and they said Avito is running Postgres as well. These companies are big, and they don't care a lot about hype, and they also well, they are not like enterprise. They can count money, the startups, right? So they can count money and so on. And all they in 2014 they already they also don't care about this replacement for political reasons, replacement of uh, Oracle and SQL Server in Russia. They didn't care about it at all at that time. It was before actually. They chose it already. And they chose it due to many reasons, and they were big already, and they made decision in 2014, right? And that I was completely surprised. Yeah, so, so I, it's kept growing since then, though, right? So I think there right. have been a, an increasing number of use cases that can switch right. to Postgres from Oracle or SQL Server, or maybe companies that switch for new projects because the performance is on par for their workloads, because they now have yeah, features, features the performance. Right? Yeah. I, let's agree with this. Like uh, when Yandex was ready to discuss how they migrated from Oracle to Postgres, by the way, later then gave a talk at PGCon in, in Ottawa, and those were a very good talk, like next year, maybe 2015. But by that time, they're already working on it a couple of years. So they started yeah, in yeah. 2012. This brings us, us back maybe to this acquisition of MySQL by yeah. Oracle, like indirect acquisition, like chain of acquisitions in 2010. And also I consider Apple's decision to migrate internal things from MySQL to Postgres in 2011 is also some turning point, right? Some signal, yeah. very strong signal, like some enterprise decided. But we also have a case when some big company, big startup, maybe one of the biggest ones uh, migrated from MySQL to Postgres and a couple of years back, right? You know what I'm, I'm talking about. The uh, other direction, Uber, right? Uber, Uber case That's from MySQL to Postgres and then back. Back was the yeah. one that got a lot of problems. A lot of attention, yes. But a lot I, of good yeah. criticism as well, by the way. Yeah. I had one more point that I think it kind of takes us into the future as well. And that's that I think Postgres has, the last few years, it's it's released major improvements every year. Not, not I'm not just talking about the fact they call them major releases. There have been big improvements every major version every year. I used to product right, manage right. products for SQL Server and Oracle, and they didn't come out with major versions every year. They didn't, right. it was every two or three years at a push. And even then they didn't always include 
game-changing features. So I think it's it's very interesting the speed of the it's uh, sometimes considered slow, and I, I think that's unfair. But the speed of improvement with Postgres, I think, is probably the the highest for the relational databases at the moment. And also quite well structured as well. Like, I mean, like it's impossible to see some feature. Like, you know, in MySQL, they had check constraints, which did nothing. They didn't check anything. Until a couple of years ago, they brought it in minor release. How come you, you, you add feature to minor release? Like, it's impossible in Postgres, right? Yeah. It's very, very well structured and principles are followed. It's good. Yeah. But there are many downsides as well. Like, like maybe we should talk about it to a different uh, time about the process of development. And I will explain why I cannot participate in it. Yeah, that, that will be a fascinating <laughs> discussion. Right. Is there anything but, else on the future that you wanted to talk about? Like, why? why well, like future, nearest future is bright. Distant future, I have concerns. And because, yeah. like, one of those concerns is this uh, development process. It's, it's outdated through email. Only the strongest, uh, the biggest will survive. And, and I think it, it, it's not attractive to many, many people who could help. I strongly disagree, and I'm looking forward to discussing <laughs> that with you. Well, yeah, let's, let's, we don't have time to, right now to no. dive into it, but let's dive in another time. But yeah. I, I have my own doubts. I'm still like, I'm still big fan. Like last 18 years, I, I choose Postgres for every, I recommend choosing Postgres for everyone who deals with OLTP. For analytical, there are questions, but for OLTP workloads, Postgres number one default choice. We have uh, cases when company grows to multi-billion dollar, dollar uh, evaluation. We have many such cases uh, with just single database. Yeah. It's Scale up. so, yeah, so easy. And Postgres has so many features that others don't have. So just choose it. And as a bottom line, let's uh, like, in my opinion, uh, as with any startup, uh, which became great company, as we listen to their founders, there is, by the way, a good podcast called uh, How I Built This by N NPR, you know it, yeah. right? Like Starbucks story and many, many others, like Instagram story. People usually answer, why success? Combination of hard work and a lot of luck. So I consider this MySQL uh, un unfortunate timeline as a big luck of Postgres, but Great. also we have a lot of hard work. We have like 100% so, so, yeah. That's a really nice ending. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you again, Nikolai, and uh, see you next week. Thank you. Uh, don't, don't forget to follow, comment, like, and provide feedback on Twitter or anywhere else uh, we listen to you. We, we already made uh, several episodes based on feedback, so we are ready to continue this practice, right? Yeah. Thank Cheers. you so much. Take thank care. you, our audience. Bye-bye.